0: Welcome to the St. Andrew's Sunday Morning Sermon Podcast. You can connect with us online at www.gosaintandrew.com.
1: Within the three Johannine letters, the Greek word parousia, meaning confidence, appears in various forms in amazing 13 times out of the total usage of 31 times in the whole New Testament. The frequent use of the word signifies a deep conviction implicit in all three letters, which comes into full focus in verses 13 through 18 of chapter 4 of 1 John. The conviction that the people of the Christian faith can be certain of abiding in God, in Christ, if their experience meets specified test. All of us, I think, seek a degree of certainty in this life. A sense of parousia, confidence, when it comes to our faith. We all need that level of encouragement, the assurance that we can be sure of God and that we should believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as He has commanded us. Let us turn now and hear how the author of 1 John lovingly offers some ways followers can be assured of the reality of God's love for them Within them. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because.
0: Today's reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 16A, from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. By this we know that the, we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent His Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. I love stories. I love a good story. I love to read and watch shows and listen to friends who tell me meaty stories. This passage is not one of these stories. In fact, it isn't a story at all, like all of Jesus' parables and the fantastic stories of the Hebrew Bible. Nope, this is a letter, an epistle, to a community of people who have been worshiping in small groups in their homes. The man they followed isn't around, but they are worshiping him and the God he spoke of. They don't have the benefit of the Council of Nicaea and Constantinople to give them specific theology that they are to follow. Those don't happen for a few hundred more years. Instead, they have their own thoughts, the Hebrew Bible, and stories about Jesus to go on. Well, you can see how these different communities or even different households would have vastly different ideas about God and how to follow Jesus. So John the Elder, as our writer is called, steps in and sets them straight. We have three letters from John the Elder to this community about a variety of topics. A major theme in his letters is that Jesus wasn't just the miraculous, healing, death-defying God which Gospel of John lays out, but Jesus was also very human and among the people, showing them God's love in the flesh. Okay, side note, Jesus wasn't death-defying. He actually died and resurrected and ascended to heaven. In fact, today is Ascension Sunday when we remember and celebrate that Jesus leaves the earth to go be with God the Father and sit at his right hand. I like to call this the holy tag team because Jesus ascends and the Holy Spirit descends on Pentecost into our lives and bodies as God's people, and gives birth to the church. It's pretty awesome. And it begins with Jesus leaving and saying, I'm going to send the Spirit. So these folks in 1 John have received the Holy Spirit and they are living out their faith in community. This is super. But without good leadership, any group can go awry, right? In fact, a professor of mine, Stanley Harawas, got in some hot water saying that putting the Bible into the hands of the people was the worst thing that ever happened. What he meant was that when the Bible was translated into several languages and folks could have them in their homes, they came up with some pretty crazy theologies that were at times pretty damaging. I'm thankful that we all have Bibles in English in our homes, but I'm equally thankful that you attend or are members of St. Andrew, an incredible community of faith that can help you navigate a complicated book about God and God's people. Those in 1 John didn't even have it written down, so it makes it even more difficult. Hello, have you ever played the game telephone? I mean, they had to be better at it than we are, but still. So John writes about false prophets that are spreading harmful theology in this community. He teaches them about truth and liars. He teaches about the spirit of truth and the lowercase spirit of the world, which is not of God. So here's what we learn. Love is from God. God is love. God shows us how much God loves us by sending Jesus to be with us and die for us. God may seem distant, but when we love one another, God lives in us and His love is perfected in us. As the scripture that we just heard says, by this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify That the Father has sent His Son as the Savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God, and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. See why I like stories better? Great. God loves us. God is love. And if we recognize or testify that Jesus is the Son of God and came to save the world, then the The God that is abiding in us, the Holy Spirit is in us, we get it, okay. It seems simple, but I continue. The next part of the letter says, We love because He first loved us. Those who say, I love God, but hate their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. Oh, not as simple. If God is love and the Holy Spirit is in us and we love God ourselves and others, we must love the others too. Or it isn't really love and it's definitely not of God or from God. As Dr. Ronald Cole Turner writes, love will always be difficult for the humans who live on the face of the earth. Differences in nation, religion, gender, generation, economics all have rules that ask for a particular set of guidelines for those who will be included in the loving circle. The divisions are to keep human beings clear, focused, and safe from hurt or harm or indifference. But love is an act of courage, and when God is actually in us in the Holy Spirit, we can and should and are commanded to disallow differences, guidelines, rules, and regulations. It's kind of like Jesus eating with the dregs of humanity. God's love dissolves the barriers to loving others. The lie is that only some people are worthy of love. The lie is that some people are beyond our love or not worthy of love. The truth, the spirit of truth, is that we are to love everyone, even the most difficult to love. The truth is that when we love others, we can get ourselves into some good trouble, and it's worth it because Jesus is with us in that love pursuit. If we don't love the other, the different, the dirty, John writes that we don't really love God or feel God's love because it it all goes together. When we love God because God loved us first, When we love ourselves and love others, and we love others by acting out that love, that's what we're supposed to do. What does living out this love and faith look like? John tells us, the love we have from God comes from the source like a waterfall. All the goodness comes from God, who is all good, all the time hear me, God is not hate, anger, bitterness, or deceit. If you feel that from God, it's not God. If you feel that from others, that's not love. If you are in an abusive relationship, that is not love. If you are being manipulated, that's not love. Do you need to love the people who are abusive or manipulative? Well, love them as a child of God, but remove yourself from their lies of love. If they are harming you, that's not love. Remove yourself from that harm because, as John writes, that's not of God. Turn the other cheek, sure, but don't confuse an apology with a repetitive abuse. That's not love from God through someone who claims to love you. God encourages us to love. Love that is complete is love that reaches its goal by being bestowed upon our brother and sister. This love comes from God to us and then from us to others. It's a triangle. There are lots of triangles in this story of mine. There is this triangle of God, self, and other. There is the clear triangle of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And there is a triangle of spirit, fear, and love. This passage also speaks of fear and how when we love God and thereby love others, we never need to fear. We never need to fear God's love, fear being vulnerable with others, fear death. And eternal life. So this triangle can look like a logic problem. If you have the spirit and love, then you have no fear. And if you have the spirit and fear, then it's not love. Quite simply, John states that God's love for us has empowered us to love both God and the humans in our midst. God loves us Us and that very love empowers us to love others. I know it's not easy, man. I know there are some individuals and there are some whole groups of humans that are really hard for me to love. I'm a work in progress as are you. And when I read John's words, I feel God's all encompassing love that is pure goodness and because the Holy Spirit is in me, that goodness is in me too. I just have to knock the dust off of it sometimes. One of the ways that we can actively love others is by serving. You, St. Andrew family, have done a remarkable job of loving your neighbor through serving, even when it was especially difficult during the height of the pandemic. You gave, you served, you put yourself out there, and you were vulnerable and loved others. Last weekend was a great example of so many actively serving in the community. Thank you. Thank you for loving your neighbor, the stranger, the one in need, the kids at East Elementary, all of it. Thank you for those of you who picked up trash and couldn't find more than a sandwich bag worth of trash to pick up. You were loving as God showed us. You were present. And in some cases, you were vulnerable. I heard about a scene at the Second Chance Center that helps formerly incarcerated folks successfully transition into society in a myriad of ways. Some of our church members were doing yard work at the Second Chance Center. And they were trying to pull out some bushes and were having a time at it. When a young man in a red truck drove by he saw them, he turned in, and he asked if he could help. What? Personally, I wonder if when truck owners buy trucks, they have to sign some documents saying they'll help people in need. Anyway, he pulled the bushes, and our folks invited him to stay for lunch, and he did. And they had a lovely time. That is God's love at work through him, through our folks that were there, and through the very opportunity to be there helping at Second Chance. What God's love means for us is that we are unconditionally loved by God. We are made with the very Holy Spirit in us to love others. We belong, and so does everyone else. If we have God's love, which comes from the perfect, pure source, which we all do, then we are made to love ourselves and our neighbor and the stranger and insert whatever makes you the most uncomfortable. And when we love the other, it is the spirit of truth. If we don't love ourselves and others, it's not of God and it is not love. One of my favorite worship songs says this, Heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. As I walk from earth, Into eternity. May this be your prayer this day.
2: For all the strides. face away from this hurt shelter from So here we see, show me how to love like you have loved me, break my heart To you.
0: thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast and if you'd like more information go to www.goStAndrew.com. see you next week